You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond this episode number 335, we're discussing our favorite comic book movies, films, shows, and collectibles of 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Carlos. And I'm back, bitches! It's Sanjay right off the bat. <laughs> He's back, baby! Sanjay! We have yes. to bring you on for a year-end, a celebration of all things that is nerd. Our favorite nerd, I will say. Not the best, not the highest rated, but our favorite nerd for the year. Before we get into any of the discussion, Sanjay, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Where have you been? What have you been up to? We've been looking for you for about a year. And all of a sudden, you just popped up here. I've been here. I've just been really quiet. I've been like on every episode. <laughs> you just couldn't hear me. I, You know, I was really like shy. You know me. I'm a shy guy. And uh, I was talking. You guys, you know, I guess I was too controversial. Maybe you cut my stuff up, but I've been here for the entire time. I don't know. Where, where have you guys been? It feels like the release the Sunjay cut <laughs> moment. It's all on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> if we were to rehash some old divisions inside of the podcast, but here we are. We all landed on on quite a film last year. We've got a lot of great comic book movies this year, a lot of great films this year, none of which I watched, and collectibles. And shows, you know what, guys, I was looking back at some of these things and I thought a lot of this was in 2021, but it turns out 2022 has been an excruciatingly long year, but there's been a lot of exciting things inside of that. And we're here to break those down. We're going to do our normal list where we run down our favorites of this year, including, of course, comic book movies. We're going to start off with those. We're going to go into non-comic book movies and then our favorite shows, whether that be streaming or on cable, if anyone has cable still. And then on to our top five collectibles. And we have enough time. We're going to let Carlos rattle off some of his favorite games of this year as well. Ooh. And speaking of the goddamn Batman, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to get into this one. Uh, doing the year-end list with that nerd room flair where we just simply celebrate things instead of yes. pitting them against each other. So, yeah. Uh, it's all favorite. We're celebrating stuff today. You uh, lied to me. <laughs> this, this was like the worst of list. I was ready to trash everything. I go change everything. Hold on here. Just flip your your stuff upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Who knows? Stranger Things might be on somebody's list, and maybe Sanjay's just representing the upside down. Right? Was Stranger Things this year? It was. Oh, I should well, put that on my list. I really enjoy that. <laughs> well, you only watched two things that weren't made by Disney, so might as well. It's oh, true, man. It's, for hey, shot, for hey shot. it's true. It's true. We got to get some of that Disney money in here, man. Like, well, don't you worry. It's it's in here. It's in here. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very hard to get off of Disney Plus these days because I was telling Carlos as we were developing this list, or really as he was developing these lists, I said I have some bad news. I didn't watch enough movies to fill this three <laughs> this three tier <laughs> list. <laughs> I know. I, I was doing it. And I was like, okay, we'll go five and then three, and then we'll just do comic book, sci fi, and fantasy. Surely we can get there. But alas. If I could put Encanto, 
like Red, Luca maybe, all these Pixar films. I don't know. Zombies 3 for those zombie fans out there on Disney+. Plus. I've watched all of those plenty of times, but unfortunately they have not made my list because my eyeballs are about to melt if I have to watch <laughs> one more time on the TV. My excuse is that it's very difficult to get uh, plugged into and not fall asleep watching some of this stuff. But I did get through a lot of things here. And guys, it's been a really, really different year i will say for comic book movie film i was looking back and there's only a handful of releases inside of this inside of this year that is with everything from werewolf by night if we can consider that a a movie straight for through sure to the What's batman that? where <laughs> it's a tv show on disney plus have you got disney plus yet sanjay uh i tried to use your password but then when you discovered it <laughs> you changed it this password is tim but the i is a one yeah, I usually put a heart above it in real life, but you can't do that in typing. <laughs> I tried <laughs> to with Disney Plus, but it didn't work. Yeah, it's well, you'll get there. You'll get there. One day I'll reveal it back to you. Realistically, though, guys, we're going to kick it off with comic book movies, our favorite comic book movies of the year. And there was only, according to the internet, there's only 10, a couple of which I have never even heard of. There's this uh, secret headquarters thing that I think is on probably Netflix by the looks of it. Uh, there's that was just some weird Owen Wilson thing. And then there's some pretty wide spanning films inside of this. When you look at our overall reviews that we went back and did throughout the year. So we're going to kick this off. We're going to go from number three to number one of our favorites. Key thing being favorites here. And because Sanjay, you're finally back in the room. Got to go to you first. Number three, favorite comic book movie of the year. Maybe we should just like do it just like really wild. So we'll do number two and then we'll do number three and then we'll do number one just to confuse everyone. What do you think? Is that a good idea? See, this, this is why I got kicked off because <laughs> I, I always come up with these bad ideas. I didn't get kicked off. I just got muted because of my controversial takes. That's right. On... We told me record on Wednesdays and then you just show yeah. up and said, <laughs> but number three, my friend, number three, my friend, number three. All right. Twa. Um, Black Adam. Going to the uh, Distinguished like Competition. It. Black Adam, man. What a film. I remember seeing that. Uh, what was... Oh, I was the day before I left on vacation, and I was, like, scrambling. Had so much stuff on the run. But I sat down. I watched it. And for, like, two hours or however long it was, I just shut my brain off and enjoyed it. Was it deep? Was it philosophical? Hell no. But it didn't need to be. It was just a fun movie you go in, you get your popcorn, you get your soda, turn that brain off, and all the worries of the world melt away, and it's just you and The Rock trying to save the world. So I really dug it. I thought it was a great film. Um, number three, Black Adam. I love it, man. That made my honorable mention is Black Adam on this. I, I equally enjoyed this. I love that you're all-inclusive there and use the word soda and not pop like we do up here in Canada. So that was, that was going to be... <laughs> you've grown. You've matured, Sanjay. I love it. No, I do love that you have, have Black Adam on here. You know, it's one of those movies that that we really championed here in the Nerd Room, and it was one of those movies that delivered on everything it promised, in my opinion. And so that's why I hit my honorable mentions list. Carlos, number three for you. Yeah, number three for me. You know what? I used my honorable mention on this one too. So when we were constructing this, we gave one honorable mention per uh, movie list or between the two, I should say. So my honorable mention was actually DC Super Pets. Nice. Oh, good one. Because, yeah. Like, that movie, it is just charming and wonderful. It's one of the few in this day and age that still laces in a bit of the adult humor 
with the things that the the kids are going to enjoy and Mm -hmm. yeah it was just this wonderful showcase of the dc characters and dc lore and just watching like tim telling me about like this massive group of kids that Mm -hmm. they were hosting and all of them are just sucked into this movie and friends on twitter and that and then even just my own experience like when we go to see the movie the second time there was a family that was clearly it was like mom and her new boyfriend and then dad (laughs) shows up and insists on staying at the movie and wasn't quite welcome and the kids obviously stuck in the middle of this whole quagmire (laughs) but to see that whole group thoroughly enjoy the movie and both dudes kind of be like yeah i actually like that like the dc super that's not the only thing they have in common with what they like (laughs) (laughs) there it is i love it the dc super pets uh just bringing people together so that was my honorable mention but number three for me it's become on vogue to try and dunk on my boy dj and to dunk on this movie but like sanjay said there's just no denying that black adam come on is a hell of a fun movie like it had gorgeous special effects and was just wall-to-wall action effortlessly entertaining and honestly like out of my circles i know one person that didn't like the movie like even people at my wife's office was like we're gonna go see this movie just because it has the rock in it and because of you and they all came back and were like mm-hmm. yeah we really love this thing so yeah man the black adam it and every time i kind of like hear the naysaying and i kind of start putting my thoughts towards what they could have done different. And, you know, even some of the things that I suggested when we were recording our review, I always come back to Tim's comments of, no, it was exactly what it wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And it pulled that off beautifully. So yeah. Number three for me, Black Adam. It is a good time, no matter what way you cut it. You know what? If you're listening to this and you haven't seen Black Adam or if you've read reviews online or if you know someone that didn't like it, it's, it that's okay. These are our favorites, but for you getting two threes and one honorable mention across the board here, like to me, that that's a good enough recommendation to go check it out. Like Sanjay said, like it's not fine art. It's not like super high end, you know, deep comic book movie, but it's not meant to be. It was never meant to be that right mm-hmm. there's time for it to evolve into something different it was meant to be a dwayne johnson vehicle that introduced a brand new character to the dc universe into the world and it did that and so i love that's on on all of our lists here so yeah that was my that was my number four my number three is i gotta go back to an old favorite and because we're counting these special presentations as i'm uh, not really an old favorite a new favorite because we're counting the special presentations as movies i'm gonna throw the gardens of the galaxy holiday special nice on one, there for me i like I, it you know what, man, this I've watched it several times. I watched it with my kids. And at one point, my wife turned to me and said, is this appropriate for them? And I said, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. They had fun with it for a very different reason than I did. I love watching Drax and Mantis and all that. And some of that James Gunn-esque humor built into it. They loved it because of Groot and Rocket Raccoon and some of the cool visuals. And so I... I like that we could enjoy that together. It told a Christmas story, which I really enjoyed about it, too. And just had fun with itself. Um, it made no, it didn't promise anything about being grander. It doesn't have to really fit into any sort of MCU narrative. It just exists. And it's a good time. It's funny. And it gives a platform for both Mantis particularly and Drax to have a bit of 
their own time to develop as characters. And so I thoroughly enjoy this. It's been on probably three or four times in my house already since it, it dropped. And we'll definitely get another nice. couple here across the holidays. Yeah, man. Nice. And yeah, I gushed about it just last podcast. So you can mm-hmm. go back to that. Yes. But yeah. Can't, can't fault you at all. And like as much as the uh, champion of black Adam as I am, uh, you know, we got to give the boss's movie. If, uh, yes. <laughs> the, the special. Yes. Yes, right? man. He's he's close to all of our hearts at this point in time. You know what right? I mean? <laughs> James Gunn. Yeah. He's he shut up that list pretty quick. Yeah, what a year he's had, eh? Oh, yes. He's what a couple of years that man has had. And he's right? gonna have even more impressive, I think, future years here with ending guardians and moving into this role hundred percent of his time. It's mm-hmm. gonna be quite quite a thing to watch and something that twenty three will probably catch up with. But we had to get on to number two here, Sanjay. Number two, comic book movie film. All right. Well, um, because it's the second film in the series and we're doing the number two, I had to choose Black Panther number two. Mm. <laughs> um, again, just, you know, this one here, you know, I said like Black Adam, like you shut your brain off. But like this one here was like Black, I'm talking about Black Panther number two. It was Wakanda emotional, forever. man. Yeah, Wakanda forever. It was, it was so good. Like even like when the film first started and everything that goes on the the theater is silent everyone's on pins Mm -hmm. and needles waiting to see what happens and like man it was so emotional and and then um the marvel logo hits and it's all like chadwick boseman and oh it was so well done you could tell like this was a director who had a story to tell and had an extremely difficult you know he he was dealt an extremely difficult hand right like this was just such a tough film to do, like just not even like emotionally, you know what I mean? Like this, that's so much that happened on mm-hmm. set two of this film and the director, man, delivered and it was so good. It was by far my favorite um, Marvel MCU film of the year. It was tremendous. And man, I, I just, I'm just gushing about it. It was so good. You know, it was, it just like had this like quality where it was like crafted by like, like a nice craftsman, you know, like that had like, that was caring about it and put a lot of energy and put a lot of time and effort into it. And it was near and dear to his heart. So black, black Panther two Wakanda forever. That's my number two pick. Mm-hmm. Man, what 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 can what more can be said about Wakanda Forever? Of course, you can check our review at a couple episodes back, but it's good to get your input there, Sanjay, on kind of building up what Wakanda Forever was. And I think that that kind of really echoed a lot of what we talked about about being such an emotional ride and something that was very director driven and story driven to a point, adapting what happened in real life. And so that's that's awesome to hear. Carlos, are you are you slotting in Wakanda Forever as number two? Yeah, and what else is there to add from to what Sanjay said? But it's like it, to me, like the movie was beautifully executed. But uh, the the biggest thing was that they had this Herculean real life scenario that they had to tackle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they addressed it with such grace that um, uh, I can't give this movie anything but accolades and anybody who's listened to our show knows that I hold the first black Panther pretty close to my heart and that they were able to pull this one off. Like any criticisms I have of it are things that I, like Tim said, were bolted on Mm -hmm. after the fact. And, um, but the, the movie that, you know, was, uh, from Ryan Coogler's heart and soul is an amazing one. Like it's probably not a movie that I'll watch a ton of times. Like 
uh, I'll probably watch Black Adam five times to every one time I watch this one, but that's not because it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a different type of movie. And um, yeah, it, it's certainly um, one of the most special movies. If not, it, no, I, I, like I called it last time, it's the best film that they've put out in phase four. So yeah, yeah. Fully agree with you there, guys. Look, I don't know if our top of our list is going to look much different because we only had a handful of comic book movies come out this year and mm -hmm. there was a quite a spectrum of quality if you will um when it looks at some of these films and i'm gonna throw a little curveball at you at number one i think we'll see we'll Ooh. see where, where i land on number one but wakanda forever is my number two i'm not gonna say anything more you can hear all my thoughts back in the review nothing's changed this film has spent five weeks at number one at the box office it's probably only going to be eclipsed by when Avatar drops, I believe this week, is it this week or yeah, next week? Yeah, this uh, week, yeah. Yeah, this, like yeah. Thursday comes out. Yeah, so it'll be a movie I can't wait to see on Disney Plus, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Wakanda Forever is one I definitely didn't wait for, and I went and saw it in theaters, and that was an experience. So moving on to number one, I have a pretty good feeling I know what's going to sit here for at least two people on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Give me some of that Morbius. I knew oh, it. Oh, it's Morbin time. Yeah, I knew We're talking funny. about the best film of the year. Without a doubt, it was the Captain Morbius. He just brought <laughs> it. <laughs> you know what? I don't want to you know, talk about the number one when we have literally the Batman right here. Right? Like, that feels sacrilege to, like, butt in front of Batman talking about number True. one. So I'm going to shut up, and I'll let Carlos go with his number one, and then I'll go with my number one. That's fair. I think that's appropriate, Sanjay. Good call. Oh, man. Like, this <laughs> movie. Holy smokes. Like, this is the only movie that came out in the genre that truly and utterly just cross the line from being strictly in that comic book movie realm to being just a great film mm -hmm. like this thing was masterfully put together the writing was fantastic the acting was incredible the cinematography like the biggest accomplishment for the batman is just how much it celebrated the art of filmmaking within a comic book movie like this movie single-handedly takes down so many of those complaints about these types of movies because it really truly showcased that you can put together a mm -hmm. very special film with these characters and like yeah I, I didn't know what to expect and it was like some cautious optimism based on what Matt Reeves had done with the planet of the apes franchise and like put on a brave face with Robert Pattinson getting cast. Like I, I knew he had talent, but like whether or not that translates into being able to be Bruce Wayne is another thing all the time. And obviously you're doing a solo Batman movie coming out of the specter of the Nolan films. You knew it wasn't going to skew yeah. too close to what Affleck had done. And so you're like, well, is this going to be just, the dark knight trilogy 2.0 or where are they going to take this thing and like holy smokes by the time he shows up on that subway platform or it was just like my goodness we are watching something special here <laughs> man it's stuck in my head to, to this day <laughs> like that beat, yeah. man 
Yeah, the music and the boots and the rain and just how well they executed everything. And it was like that perfect, perfect synergy between like truly ripped from the comics lore and the presentations of the character and tropes and traits and all these hallmarks of what has made Batman and Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle and Carmen Falcone and Alfred Pennyworth, like these characters of our modern myth that all these things that we know and love so well, but just reinventing them enough that it's fresh and it's new and it's exciting. And man, it, it, it was just incredible. And that they take a character like the Riddler and really one of the things that I don't think anybody appreciates as to why that movie works so well is he kind of represents like our modern fear of like that type of like the incelly type of guy who's working the internet and cobbling together something that's truly evil and horrific in our real world paradigm, but it's just kind of heightened a little bit and, yeah, like who who would have ever expected them to take a character like the Riddler and go from like wacky wacky brain bombs all over the place to <laughs> doing something like this with them? And um, yeah, it it just it blew me away. And that you have a movie where Batman kind of loses but kind of wins through the course of a character journey and. Yeah, it, it was just a special piece of comic book filmmaking. And apologies to you guys for rambling on and to the listeners no. for hearing me gush. But <laughs> what, 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 what needs to be said, I think, about that movie. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, Sonny, does does Batman sit on your... I'm assuming it does here. And Carlos, like, come on. You guys just wax poetry for a few minutes about the Batman. It's yeah, the man. Batman. Right? It's the Batman on Batman. It's, uh, it's so meta um man yeah absolutely the batman you know carlos hit the nail on the head um what can you say about this film like it truly feels like a film noir like a great detective story a great thriller like kind of like a throwback to like old school when they're having like all these great thrillers that were coming out in like the 90s and like you know in the 80s and um man i just love this film like as you said everything about it what it sets up in this world and like um you know like you look at the film and it's just it's different like you know we talk about trying to like follow up a master like um uh oh i forget the guy's name that directed it now matt, um matt, matt reeves? reeves yeah oh my goodness like matt reeves trying to like come up with like a solo batman film after christopher nolan's trilogy right like that is so tough to do and like he made it different enough but like he still incorporated his love of Batman and like, there's still enough Batman lore that, you know, there's, you know, it's not like, okay, this feels like a ripoff of the Nolan films. Like not at all. You know, you can watch the Nolan films, you can watch this and it's just, it's just like two great filmmakers showcasing their love for Batman. And it's kind of like, you know, the comic books, when you go into your local comic book shop and you see like two different writers, that are just doing completely different takes on Batman. And it's like, we, we've like upped it to filmmakers and we've had Christopher Nolan do it. We've had Matt Reeves do it. And I'm just so excited to see where Batman two goes. Um, 
you know, this one was all about set in Halloween. I, I love Batman at Christmas. Like Batman Returns is one of my favorite <laughs> Batman films. And if you could put in Mr. Freeze and maybe bring Arnold back and give him like a redemption. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, if you could uh, to bring in Mr. I Freeze. I was serious there for a second. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> Wouldn't that break the internet if uh, Arnold was in Batman 2? But if you, but you could do like a Christmas with Mr. Freeze and have Batman with the snow and some of the imagery, like the cinematographer in this, in this film went wild. Like some of the scenes are so iconic and it, it, this is going to be like, like the dark Knight of like this generation, like it was for us when mm-hmm. we were growing up, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so yeah, Batman it's, I would not be surprised if this thing brings home some hardware come award season or it's at least gets nominated. The freaking sound design. It's got to get like right? unbelievable. If it doesn't get oh. sound design, I don't know what my ears will listen to. This <laughs> I, I don't know. Like Top Gun was pretty good with sound. I haven't but... seen Top Gun. So that's, that's. You haven't seen Top Gun? You're like the well, only I know. person it's, in the world. It's like I have, instead of a, a my neck, the next, I have a regrets list, not a, uh, not that I seen and, and <laughs> made my favorite list. <laughs> but to wrap this category up, guys, don't hate me, okay? Don't hate me. But it's it's an MCU film. It's fourth installment. Thor: Love and Thunder is no, not man. the one I'm going to choose here because it's the friggin' <laughs> Batman, of course. <laughs> I knew just it. I, out of <laughs> I was like, wait, did we see the same film? Yeah, like maybe no. my projection has shot me a different film <laughs> here, and Tim saw this masterpiece that I unfortunately missed out on. No, unfortunately, it is not Thor: Love and Thunder. It is, of course, the Batman. I'm not going to build on any more here, guys. I, I, this movie was incredible. Um, just, just that's it. That's where I'm going to leave it. If you haven't seen it. What have you been doing? Pause. Go watch the Batman. Get get that in front of your eyeballs because it, it really sets a precedent. It really sets a tone like you guys elaborated on there for, for the Batman and what a comic book movie film can be. And so, of course, that's going to sit at the number one for the Nerd Room here as our favorite comic book movie of the year. Unanimous across the panel here. So there it is. Comic book movies. What's that? Has that ever happened before where everyone said the same film? I don't know. I have to go back in the archives. Yeah. It's something I don't know. I don't remember what happened last year. But uh but let's see. Let's see if we can land on a unanimous number one for non comic book movies. And I have two on here. Um so I'm gonna skip number three, but I'll start with this with, <laughs> with two regrets I have for not seeing. The two films I regret the most not seeing this year is Top Gun Pootie Maverick Dang. and Elvis. Those are the two that I regret the most not seeing in theaters, I, I will say. Sometimes I find it hard to get out to the theaters, and I, I do make those times to get to the comic book movies because we do talk about those things on here. Um, but I do not allow the same sort of leash to get out and watch those ones. So those are my two regrets. They're going to fill my my number three slot <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as, as regrets of films not seeing. And the other two are just because of the, they're the only other two I saw. <laughs> so let's That's go around awesome. the horn and get to some actual film watchers. And we're going to start with Carlos on this one. Uh, you know what? For me, number three, you know what? It's not the best movie that i saw i saw some pretty incredible works of art i saw a lot of indie films in theaters uh with the old landmark membership and whatnot and (laughs) my kid being in these marathon dance sessions where it's like the drop off (laughs) go watch a movie get lunch and sit in my car for 45 minutes so um yeah i got to see lots of cool stuff lots of great cinema but uh 
those films didn't capture my heart and bring me the enjoyment that Jurassic World Dominion did. Oh, nice. wow. I, you know what? This movie, it had a pretty unenviable task of trying to marry the original films with the new films and leave the entire franchise in a place where uh, Universal and the next set of stewards can take it forward. But I thought they did a really admirable job. We got to see lots of cool stuff. We got to see some dinosaur action that we've never Mm -hmm. seen before. We got to see things that we have seen before elevated and done a different way. And I I thought it was just fun. And the real test was my youngest daughter, who's like kind of Tim's Robin when it comes to the JP Mm -hmm. fandom. (laughs) And yeah, she still vibrates about this movie and just gushes about the different aspects of it that she loves and all these new favorite dinosaurs and stuff so yeah when uh when my father's day quote-unquote present that i paid for was taking her (laughs) to go see jurassic (laughs) world dominion the second time um yeah how can that not be one of my favorite film going experiences of 2022 so that's awesome that's awesome nice i love that man i love hearing those stories i love that the dino love Lives on in another generation. But Sanjay, what's your number three here? You got you got a lot of movies behind you, man. You do a lot yeah. of fun watching. I know. Well, first off, Jurassic World Dominion almost got me killed. Like <laughs> I remember I saw it in Vegas off the strip. Uh, I was there in the summertime when it was out. And so I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just like walk to it because it's just off the strip. I would not recommend doing that. I would recommend taking an Uber or a cab oh, and going. A rough neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I was like, oh, like Carlos was like, you know, if you're down in Vegas, if they have those like dinosaur like candies for my daughter, you know, check it, check it out. And so like I, I like after I see the movie, I'm inspired. So I go across the street to the 7-Eleven. Sketchiest 7-Eleven I've ever seen. It is so sketchy. Like I was just like, what am I doing here? Unfortunately, they didn't even have the candies. So that was a bust, and I'm just waiting for my Uber. Like, can you hurry up any any time here? Any time here. <laughs> but it was it was a nice experience to um, see that in theaters, and I also enjoyed it, but um, not quite as much as you, Carlos. And uh, my list, I'm gonna do something a little bit different because um, I'm gonna give a shout out to horror specifically because this has been one of the best years of horror films of yeah. all time. Which is crazy because, like, you think back of, like, the 80s, they've had some, like, years where there's, like, three or four films that are in the top 100 horror films of all time that came out in that year. But this year, I'm telling you, this year has been excellent for horror. It seems like every month we're getting something new, something fresh, something completely different. And as I mentioned all that, my number three is a film that is the fifth in the franchise, and that's Scream, or Scream 5, but they just call it Scream 2022 for some reason which is going to be very confusing when the sequel Scream 2 comes out, which is actually Scream 6. (laughs) But anyways, um, the Scream franchise, like for me, is like the one that kind of got me into horror. I remember on the playground, everyone talking about it, like, oh, and then there's a scene and Drew Barrymore's in it. And then, you know, Skeet Ulrich is in it and all this stuff. And then I remember like renting the VHS my parents rented it and I remember like sneaking a watch of it (laughs) when they weren't around and just being like, yes, this genre like horror is for me. And um, to see them come back like 20 years later and do it 
Oh, and, and the thing that like really like puts this film on on my best of list is the fact that I saw it in theaters and I saw like teenagers there, you know, young kids, not well, young kids, but like teenagers, you know, people like on a date and stuff. And it just like brought me back to like my childhood of like when Scream came out or like Scream 4 came out. I saw it with my wife on a date in the theaters and it's just like bringing me back. And it's just like that, that cycle of like cinema and like, you know, as Carlos mentioned, bringing people together, well, scream brought people together for me. And th- this is a terrific film, a wonderful entry into the franchise. Scream is five for five. All five of the scream films are wonderful. Give this one a look out. If you're, you know, looking for a scary movie on, on, you know, during the holiday season, because what's better than, horror and holidays uh give scream five or scream 2022 a chance wonderful picture there you go there it is i love the diversification of, of this of the discussion we're having here and bringing in horror element it is one that has been chronicled on this podcast many times that i i steer away from because i'm a giant wimp when it comes to anything <laughs> of that that nature but scream was one i did consume as a as a as a young teacher teenager thinking it was cool and all that so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to revisit that one i think that franchise i think i've only ever seen scream one and two um so so we've got some work to do maybe maybe next october when i am one year older and one year braver (laughs) yeah you know maybe i can come hold your hand we can make a bowl of popcorn yeah man i'm there for you i'll be an emotional support horror friend (laughs) i love that you remember you gotta pronounce it horror (laughs) i I don't want to say I don't want an emotional support horror friend. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Those are the best friends. <laughs> All right, moving on here. I'm going to do my number two because my number three was, of course, my regrets. And this is going to show the amount of family film watching I did. Lots of animation consumed in my house. And one film that stuck out to me, we were in between houses and Lightyear came out on Disney+. And check that out. I had no idea what this movie is about. It was odd that Chris Evans had moved into the role of Buzz Lightyear's voice and that we're telling some different story. And I, I've said this before and I've said online that, that Lightyear itself was not marketed very well as to what it was. It turned out to be a really cool story about the film that the action figure inside of Toy Story is based off of which was a huge surprise to me. And so that's why there's a different voice and all these type of things. It's really, it's like a film with inside of a film type thing. And it was done so well. Chris Evans is great as the voice and the story in itself is touching. It's got this kind of cosmic aspect to it, which I I really like, you know, kind of stretching from guardians and star Wars and all these type of things that, that I do enjoy. And so, and it's a classic Pixar story. It has, has those moments and, it's it's of this franchise that I've really been with since I was a kid with Toy Story, realistically, when that first came out. And so it was cool to see that expanded, but I was a real shame that not a lot of people saw it. So I wanted to make sure it landed on the list just to put that out there. It's on Disney Plus and uh, to give Lightyear a chance because it's it's a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, cool. there it is, guys. Let's move on to number two from the goddamn Batman. Number two from me is going to be one of those indie movies, although this one was a bit transcendent and started to make money like it was a conventional Hollywood blockbuster release. But that's everything, everywhere, all at once. Like this was one where the kind of uh, chatter of film Twitter got me super interested. And I love Michelle Yeoh and... um, I've been enjoying her in like some recent 
seasons of Star Trek Discovery and everything else she's been in. So I was like, ah, you know what? During, as you guessed, a dance dad layover, I uh, <laughs> decided to to check this one out. And man, what a hoot. Like, it was super enjoyable. And you could tell the crowd there was all people who came to it the same way I did. Like, mm. they'd kind of heard the buzzer on this movie and didn't know quite what to expect. And I had this young dude sit next to me and he like kind of became my son through this mother daughter movie, <laughs> this family tale that gets told. But yeah, this movie, you did not know what to expect, where it was going to go, uh, the emotional chords that it would play. But I was like, it's one of those where you almost didn't want it to end and you kind of see the climax, you don't see what's going to happen at the climax, but you kind of know when it's coming to a climax based on just the runtime and uh, how the story's been playing out. And I just didn't want it to end because they'd done so many neat and creative things over the course of the movie. And yeah, I, I just loved it. And it was one of those where I couldn't wait to watch it again. And thanks to Sonny for a little bit of DigiCode hookup there. And um, yeah, no, everything, everywhere, all at once is solidly cemented on my number two spot for the year awesome awesome love it. like that's i'm probably another that lands in my regret list because like you said i've heard nothing but good things about that even in the year of multiverses and that becoming a prominent fixture inside of the comic book movie realm i heard this does it the best yeah um, oh yeah totally well it's on prime video up here too yeah. if you need to oh cool so. oh wicked that's that's gonna be maybe a weekend watch but sanjay what lands at number two for you all right, speaking of films where you don't really know where it's going, um, you know, I mentioned the fun, the fresh, the new ideas of horror, Barbarian, uh, number two. Now, the story starts off pretty typical for a horror film. There's this uh, single lady who's going in for a job interview in Detroit, and she gets uh, Airbnb, but there's a mix-up. So she gets there, it's raining, it's dark out, but someone else is already inside the house. And it's this guy who's inside the house. And then he's like, what? That's weird. I booked it too. And she's like, well, there must be a mistake. And he's like, you know what? Just come in and we'll figure this out. And she's kind of leery, you know, not sure if she should or not. But she decides to go in. And um, that's all I'm going to say because this film goes completely like you think, okay, chaos is going to ensue. I don't want to say anything else because I don't want to ruin the experience if um, you're going to check it out. Uh, go, the best thing is to go in blind with this film. You have no idea where it's going to go. Um, it is just a wonderful film. It's it's scary at times, but it's you know it's thrilling and it's it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It keeps you guessing. You're just like taking. It's like it's like a roller coaster ride when you start off and then just go down like the little one and then it's like it goes like all over the place, like up, down, sideways, back and forth, backwards kind of thing. Um, yeah, it, it, this is wonderful. Uh, Barbarian, check it out. Although I'm not sure if it's getting a physical release. I think it may be just getting a Disney Plus release, which is kind of sucky. I don't know. There's still talk about it, some debate about what's going on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's my number two film. I don't own it. It's just out is, in the cloud somewhere. Is it a prequel or a sequel to X? Or does it have anything to do with that one? Oh, no, no. That, that's... Uh, that's a spoiler alert right there, Carlos. Uh, oh. This one is not nothing to do with X. X is like uh, the 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 prequel was Pearl. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. 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 
Oh, that's all right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so maybe stay tuned. A little foreshadowing, as they say in the movie. Business. And then which one came out first, Pearl or Barbarian? Or sorry, have I mixed these all up? <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking now. <laughs> no, no so that's all right. So so X came out first, and then um, Barbarian came out, but has nothing to do with X. And then while Ty West was filming X, he actually filmed the prequel for it. He got inspired and made a story, like the prequel called Pearl, that came out later on in the year. Oh, okay. So Pearl and X are a franchise, and then Barbarian yeah. is just its own thing off on the side. Yeah, and X is the prequel to the Vin Diesel triple X film. Okay. Perfect. Gotcha. <laughs> wow. Wow. Talk about talk about universes and canon and all that. Holy moly. Here we go. Well, that's cool. There, there you go. I love this. Like I said, the diversity we're seeing here because I'm going to bring in a film we've already talked about, and that's Jurassic World Dominion, which sits at the top of my list. Of course, uh, Jurassic Park has been a huge part of my life, and revisiting these dinos with the original cast was just an experience. Uh, one thing I would encourage, though, with the movie, go back and check out a review because Carlos took a, and I took a little different slant on our approach to, to that review and really try to look at it from the context of both of us having recently reread Jurassic Park, the original Michael Crichton book, and how much was actually pulled from that, specifically around the concepts and the, uh, the really underlying narrative of DNA tampering and genetics and all that. And so... It's a, it's a lot of fun, and if you have it kind of that lens on it, it's it actually works really really well with how they went with a slightly different antagonist than just it being people running around or getting chased by dinosaurs and running around <laughs> in a park and all that. So um, it has a lot of that in that, of course. That's that's a needed element of, of the Jurassic franchise, but there's something a little different there, and so that's what I liked about it. And of course, seeing Malcolm and Sattler and Grant back together again, whew, man, you just you made this uh this this young man's dream seeing that. So. <laughs> Totally. Did you did you see the extended cut on home video? I have, yeah, yeah. 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 And do you better. say it improves it better? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It it gives it a little bit more to, to some of the scenes, and um, yeah, those extended cuts I think are generally always better. I you know what I mean? Like I would they, agree. Yeah, there's some that there's one that I can't remember the name of. There's some extended cut. Of man, film, I gave but... that movie an A plus last year, <laughs> <laughs> or an A or something. I agree. It, it's you know. At times, and I think even the Batman vs Superman extended cut is better, um, but we're not going to get into that here because we have to get out to number <laughs> three one. hours later when we're debating. <laughs> yeah, three, yeah. Here there we is go a again. three-hour commentary track floating around <laughs> yeah, on our feed if, yeah. if you really want to hear that there discussion. Is. There is so lots yeah. of shameless plugs in this episode for reviews throughout the year, of course, <laughs> and in the yeah. past. Carlos, you're number one. My number one. This was a film that I have to admit I was. Ex- exceptionally skeptical about like i i had a bit of anticipation um because i thought the trailers were cut really well but um i i'll be honest like i was skeptical and i was kind of cynical i didn't think they'd pull it off but holy smokes elvis was nice what like if not for the batman it would have by far been my favorite trip to this theater like just for by virtue of the, the film that I was seeing and none of the uh, ancillary stuff, but like, man, Baz Luhrmann uh, to take this man's life and his career, which I, I'm actually fairly familiar with um, and to be able to distill it down into like a, a two hour and change movie, because like the thing is with like you watch biopics and most of them cover guys that were just around doing their thing for four or five maybe 10, 15 years, but like 
Elvis was a thing from like the fifties, right up until the seventies. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and a major thing. And there was a ton of, uh, world events that played into his life and that, uh, Lerman was able to weave Elvis, his talent, the things that he meant to the world, how the world was changing around him. And then, uh, do that through the lens of Colonel Tom Parker, uh, telling the story it, I, I thought was phenomenal and it was there's so many different ways to watch it too like they kind of framed the movie as though it's Colonel Tom in a bit of a fever dream uh, as he's being medicated like that's no spoilers that's how the movie opens type of thing so there's that version of it there is just the straight biopic version of it and then um, there's just kind of the Baz Luhrmann Moulin Rouge type uh, way you can watch it too, but it it is endlessly entertaining. And Austin Butler, like what a tremendous talent! And this is kind of like we were talking with some of the other movies and Wakanda Forever in particular. Like you can just feel the love and the passion that was poured into this thing. And like I I hope it does well during awards time. And man, like Austin Butler has to win the Oscar for his portrayal as Elvis. Like awesome, love it. Uh, to be honest, like that kid. I heard him talk in his normal voice for the first time <laughs> just the other day. I was like, I was kind of shocked because he fell into that role so deeply. So yeah, like I highly recommend you check it out. It's uh, available on uh, streaming all over the place and stuff like that. If you haven't seen it yet and yeah, beautifully shot and tons of interesting imagery from beginning to end. So nice. <clears throat> And a little bit of Shazam in it too, right? If I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, it has like it. It totally does have like low key uh, Shazam vibes to it. Nice. So it's nice. like the it's Shazam point zero two five. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. All right, Sanjay, what are you bringing for the last one in the film portion of this discussion to the table? Yeah, man. Uh, as uh, Carlos mentioned earlier, it's the uh, two films X and Pearl. Now. Uh, as I said, director Ty West, uh, he made X. And then while he was filming it, he's like, you know what? I kind of got this idea for a prequel of one of the characters. Let's shoot it. And he did Pearl. And Mia Goth is in both of them. She's wonderful. Terrific actress. She kills it in this film. Um, but yeah, check these both out. Um, after you see X, you'll want to see Pearl. Um, you know, see the first and then the prequel second. Um yeah, so basically the story of X is there's these uh, group of uh, adults and they want to shoot a, a adult film movie. So they rent out a, um, a barn. <clears throat> this is in the 70s in Texas. So they rent out a barn and then they, um, they, they shoot in it. But like the people that also live in the house are kind of like a little bit weird, a little bit off. You know, you're not quite sure what's happening or like you know what's gonna happen and uh this is like this is more of like a classic throwback slasher film um very but very well done um very scary keep you on the edge of your seat nice score it's it's wonderful um yeah so for me it's it's x and of course you got to see pearl as well with with it okay digging i'm digging this this list that i got here from you sanjay gives me something um 
with the lights on and and all this stuff bright sunny yeah, day a large crowd in my house i can sit down and watch these things without being a uh, you, you may not want to watch it with a large crowd in your house you know and you're like who are these people are gonna... <laughs> <That's true. laughs> all yeah. these all these all these start with situations that i'm like i wouldn't even get in a cab with a random person let alone let someone come in oh let's share this airbnb together i'm sure it'll be fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you mean you wouldn't get in the situation where you're filming an adult movie in a barn no, <laughs> it hasn't happened to you before. The the premise escapes me, but, uh, but I'm, I'm sure it's lots of fun and maybe not fun, but I'm sure it has uh, the quality. To oh, it's it, so. fun. It's fun. Awesome. There it is. That's our movies. And so shows have really dominated the landscape here coming out of the pandemic with them counting fast and furious out of all of the different streaming shops in particular. I myself this year canceled cable and we only have streaming services now. And so all of my shows come from streaming services and primarily one of them. Um, you could probably guess where, where that comes from. But we had a lot of things, you know, in a year where we had lots of Marvel, DC and Star Wars content on the streaming service. We also had things like Sandman, House of Dragon, Rings of Power, you know, Pam and Tommy. Come on, guys. Right. On <laughs> Disney Plus. That was well, that would be on one of our lists, I'm sure. But uh, but what a powerhouse of a year across all of these franchises, you know, in a year we get. You know, and something new from Gardens or from Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, that trilogy, all the major franchises had showings this year. So it's gonna be interesting to see where everyone's where everyone's list lies here as far as their favorites. Um, and we're gonna start with Carlos this time. Carlos, lay on us your uh, your number five favorite show of the year. Yeah, so I did mine all comic book, sci-fi, fantasy shows. I, I didn't mm -hmm. know that Pam and Tommy was on the table. I'm just it, kidding. It, <laughs> <laughs> I did watch it. I did. Yeah. I had to support my man Sebastian Stan, Bucky Barnes from the MCU, of course. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do. I do actually primarily watch non-comic book fantasy mm -hmm. fair, but I did watch enough to be able to put together a list. And coming in at number five for me, and I can't believe it's on number five, but it speaks to the quality of the field. But the boys, season three, okay, like it, it like honestly, this show, this season will blow your mind from the opening scene right up to its conclusion. It is just so over the top and just so out there. But at the same time, it remembers to tell a human story and craft compelling characters and really do some cool parody and send ups of our our favorite things to watch being comic book movies and superheroes and so yeah boy season three i loved it it was a worthy follow-up to the excellent two previous seasons and uh yeah left me wanting more so that's my number five cool i gotta catch up on the boys i got through season one but now it's uh i gotta step up my my viewing and it's it's all available it's all there for me i have no excuses on on the boys Come on, but, Timbo. yeah i know sunny how many did you get in this year is this the, i can't remember if this is the category for you you it's like me in the previous category where i saw yeah two, two extra films you know i i've seen three shows and one of them started in december 2021 but damn it i'm gonna count it because it ended in 2022 i feel like that counts because i've only got three so. All right, what is it? Let's hear it. All right. My number three show is, and just like that, the the <laughs> sequel to Sex and the City. I was like, I thought that he was just saying it. Just like, I was like, did I miss the punchline? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. So You're a big fan. You know, I, know I remember you're a big fan of Sex and the City, if I'm not mistaken. I am. Yeah, I 
during COVID, I rewatched the entire series and uh, I was like, damn, this thing still holds up. You know, some stuff you rewatch and you're like, I remember watching it. And I'm like, ah, it was better the first time. Sex and the City was just as good the second time. There it is. This you falls know? into the yeah. fantasy show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and just like that, it was nice to see all the characters back. Carrie's. Um, well, not one, Samantha. Though, right? Yeah, <laughs> not, not Samantha. But uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, Miranda's back, Charlotte's back. Um, they brought in some new characters and uh, it was nice to see them all um, back again, getting into um, wacky plots. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. It's just a comfort show, um, to be honest with you. It's, it's good. Like, check it out. You know, if you like the first one, watch this. It's not quite as good, but it's still like, yeah, it, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, there another franchise revisited, but mm-hmm. I, I I love it. I do know you have you have a passion for Sex and the City, and so following that up, it's uh, every everyone's getting another swing at the uh, at the old show. So it's nice to yeah, see. Yeah, everything except for the second movie. You know, you can watch the first non-canon, movie. non-canon, right? Oh, please. That is just awful. <laughs> like, no wonder why Samantha didn't want to come back after that second movie. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I do have a full slate of, of shows here to, to participate in this. And uh, I noticed that I actually swapped in something after hearing that I did watch Stranger Things inside of, uh, <laughs> of here. So that actually makes my list about part way up. But what it did was kind of bump another show off. And a show that's not showing up on my list is Obi-Wan Kenobi, believe it or not. Ooh. Man, it was it was it was there, but it just wasn't there. But number five on my list is Miss Marvel. Nice. I had an experience watching this with my oldest daughter. It's the first show that we watched, Marvel show that we watched together. And I really enjoyed it, but a big reason why it falls on here is my favorite is I got to experience that with my with my daughter. She's um when it comes to the genre. She really likes to be able to project herself and she needs a, a usually a young female character to do that. And uh, well, most of the time, this is why she sits on the DC side of, of things very much encouraged by Carlos and his family. Um, <laughs> it, it's great from the, the Marvel perspective, the character perspective, what they do. It's different. It's diverse and it's worth a watch. So Miss Marvel falls on, uh, on my list at number five. Yeah. And that Miss Marvel didn't make my list. Like just speaks to the, strength of the field because mm-hmm. yeah there's so many good comic book and fantasy shows out and speaking of speaking to the strength of the field that the sandman is number four mm-hmm. on my list actually kind of blew my mind because this thing wow. was perfection they took a comic book series and lore that is very near and very dear to my heart and they did it perfectly like i have as as a guy who has read and reread those books and who has listened to the audio dramas and knows that lore very well, like I loved everything they did. Like even turning Constantine into a female character, I thought it was kind of funny because she kind of looks like my wife, who's a John Constantine super fan. So <laughs> um, it all worked out. But yeah, I. I it blows my mind just how good a job Warner Brothers TV and Netflix did with this show. And um, yeah, Tom Sturge was perfect as Morpheus. And fun fact, he and the Batman are best friends in real life. Only fitting crossover. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Built in. 
There it's it built is. in. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Another another one that sits on the list of, of must watches, although promising Carlos I would watch it in the summertime. I did break that promise. Um, <sighs> but some someday, someday I will certainly get there. There's there's a big backlog piling up as we record this, and maybe that's happening for you listeners as well. But Sanjay, we're gonna scoot up to your number two, I believe it is. Yeah. Wait, did Watchmen TV show come out this year? No, that came out a long time ago. Dang, that was like <laughs> one that I actually did watch. That was pre-pandemic. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, this shows you how little TV that I actually do watch. I don't even think this show is 2022 either. It could be. It could not be. But uh, Yellow Jackets, the TV show, um, this one I think is on FX. So basically Yellow Jackets tells a story um, in the 90s. This is not a true story. It's just a TV show, you know. Uh, so in the nineties, the soccer, this girl's soccer team, high school soccer team is going to the, the championships or the national championships in the States. Um, they fly over, um, Canada cause it's, I think it's like in Seattle. So, you know, they're going up and down and, uh, their plane crashes in the Ontario wilderness. And, um, this group of girls, some of them survive, you know, there's very little, adult supervision i think there's like one adult that kind of survives but he's in a severe disadvantage because um he's badly hurt and it's just kind of like you know lord of the flies but um with this girl soccer team but then they also intercut the show with those girls today and so you see like oh so you know these girls survived and what what's their life like now and then something comes back around where um you know, they have to like revisit and get connect, reconnect and get together again. And, uh, you know, it's back and forth between the 90s and now great soundtracks as well. Wonderful songs that I'm just like, oh, I remember that song. And then instantly like download it off YouTube, like as soon as it, it's it's uh, the episode's over. But yeah, and they actually filmed this uh, pretty close to Calgary. So um, that's pretty cool. So a lot of local forestry. So, you know. I guess Alberta Force looks like Ontario Force. Maybe. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same, right? Like Very different. <laughs> I grew up in, in one and I live in the other. Not really Forest. <laughs> what but... would you know about it, Tim? I mean, geez, you've only had the most experience out of all of us. But uh, yeah, no, check it out. Um, it's on Showtime. Uh, it won like some award. It came out in 2021, November, but that's close enough. <laughs> we'll give me a pass. Otherwise, I'd have one pass. show pass yeah. give him a pass <laughs> all right well i can't remember where we're on the order here but i guess in my next i think i'm next yeah. yeah um number four for me is and don't 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 hate on this guys it is she hulk i actually quite enjoyed this for all the hate it gets and i understand some of the complaints and but it's one of those shows I had a hard time keeping up with things at a certain part of the year. Like I was watching, I wasn't watching anything consistently, but when she all kind of rolled around, I was watching that every week. I was going back to it. I was, I was intrigued as to what's going to happen as you got to the latter part when daredevil was introduced. It was just a fun, very, it was, it was, it knew what it was from the beginning and it really leaned into that. And I respected that about the show. And although some of it is is not there, most of it was for me. And so that's why She-Hulk sits at number four for me on my list of favorite TV shows for this year. Oh, man, I can't fault it. I Like I said, uh, when we talked about the series, I loved it as well. Like it mm. was a pleasant surprise because they dropped two episodes off the jump, right? I believe so, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's like it's one of those like I, I don't love what they've done with the Hulk in the series as a longtime Hulk comic guy, but um, it is what it is. Like just this is just the MCU's version of it, so that's cool. And I loved how they built Jen out from that and gave her her own agency. And then yeah, I. I really enjoyed where they took the show and I watched the first two and I told my wife about it and that, that I was gushing about a Disney plus show, got her interested. Mm -hmm. So she caught up and then it became appointment viewing for us. So it's a lot of fun as with everything in our lives, it was built around dance. And on that Thursday night, we had like this (laughs) 90 minute window. So one of us would drop her off. The other one would make popcorn and we'd be on the couch and that was our little she hulk uh time and i gotta admit i was disappointed when it wrapped up me too yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was a good time it was a good time it's one of the ones i've tried to get my wife back into to watching the show she kind of fell off with the volume of content that's coming out and so i said you gotta watch she hulk it's it's one of those ones that you can kind of just get into no no real barrier for entry to get into it. you can just kind of show up and watch it and so it's 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 a good good time good mm-hmm. time yeah. all right carlos you're number three i guess we're middle of the list here yeah, number three for me was a show that I wasn't looking forward to at all. I didn't think it needed to be made, and it <laughs> ended up being one of the best pieces of Star Wars lore mm-hmm. ever put to film, and that is Andor. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've talked about this show at length, and there's a couple spots, be it on our show a couple of weeks ago or on Jam Transmissions, with our buddy Rick Villanueva, but um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good about Andor. It is something that evolves uh, the Star Wars universe and uh, makes it something greater than it ever has been. So um, yeah, Andor is my number three and you can hear me gush at it on it at length on those uh, other two spaces. Yeah, another shameless plug for reviews for this year. Yeah, we did a great one with Kyle and Rick a couple episodes back. So go check that out. We had a lot of fun breaking down Andor. Andor does fall on my list, but not quite at the number number uh, number three slot here. But Sanjay, your last one for the year, your last show. <laughs> did this one fall inside of 2022? I think so. Time's just like... It's gotten away from us all. Right Time is, is yeah, a bit of but a I think... construct at the moment for me. It does just but exist I... sometimes and doesn't the other times. <laughs> right like you blink and it's like wow it's 2025 what happened um but uh no peacemaker oh yeah show yeah this one is uh my number one it's pretty much like the only show that like this comic booky related that i watched all year um for sure it is the only one and um man i dug it like when it first came out i was a little bit skeptical because i'm like i don't know i kind of like oh dc like the universe was just like in movies and stuff but this one gave us a chance to flesh out a character that honestly if he made a movie peacemaker it probably wouldn't have done very well at the box office but uh james gunn brought it with this tv show as his first tv show and uh again amazing soundtrack of all like the hair metal bands and uh another soundtrack that i had to download all the songs that they had on there and i thought it was just funny um you know and it uh, it also emotional you know had some heart to it as well uh great acting and i'm excited to see where peacemaker shows up next in the dcu so uh yeah man my boy john cena um he uh brought it he certainly did he certainly did i'll be interested to see where 
else Peacemaker shows up on these lists here. But uh, but my number three is late edition Stranger Things. (laughs) (laughs) Bumping off Obi-Wan Kenobi. I had also an honorable mention of a non- comic book movie which was i got into yellowstone this year which we had a great time with with my wife but uh i didn't remember watching stranger things this year but apparently it did happen inside this year. and it was <laughs> it was a great season what was the season four or five four eight four four i don't know whatever it was it was really good i i thought you know the, a show like this runs a risk of when you have the same villain over and over and over again and the, and the story revolving around a, a set amount of characters and you're kind of only bolting on new supporting characters that you do run a risk of telling the same story um, and not pushing these characters. But I found that this season it did a lot of work to push characters forward and push towards an end game for this. I believe they've announced they're only doing five seasons of stranger things. And this really pointed the series to a finale where, you know, you go six, seven, eight seasons. It's, it's like, Oh great. Another stranger things series came out i'm invested in this i'm gonna watch it but i don't have any desire to i'm excited for season five because of what they did inside of season four i think that they really accomplished pushing their narrative like i said towards that end game towards the finale and they had some of the best supporting characters ever on inside of that and uh what was his name eddie eddie yep. uh yeah he was so good so good in this show has one of the most the, the greatest standout moments in the upside down ever um and uh yeah stranger things i'm glad someone pointed that out at the top so from <laughs> my list nice man well i'm perfectly said about that show yeah it was wonderful and yeah how it sets up everything so i guess mm-hmm. i'm next yes. number two on my list is strange new worlds oh. star trek strange oh. new worlds wow. um are you allowed yeah. to say that yes star I, trek i am yeah, it's part of the beyond part oh. of the beyond yeah but Live long uh and prosper west coast is that what he does this one <laughs> two fingers oh, together man. no no west no, no west side <laughs> yeah but uh yeah strange new worlds this show was just pure joy every episode was something special and uh the level of creativity and how they play with the lore was awesome like i i really fell in love with uh anson mounts captain pike during mm. his uh season on star trek discovery and black bolt, black bolt. yeah uh <laughs> he, he's the opposite of black bolt in this because he has charisma <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. He, Black, Black Bolt literally doesn't talk, Sonny. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a pretty <laughs> low bar to clear. But um, yeah, this show, it, it's visually spectacular and the characters are effortlessly charming every single uh, episode. And they they tell some pretty poignant stories and tackle some uh, pretty heavy themes, which is something Star Trek's been doing since the 60s. But uh to do it in a 2022 space is commendable and uh yeah i i didn't know what this show would be but uh it ended up being appointment viewing for my daughter and i and i loved it to the point that uh, my work phone's uh, text tone is the the communicator so yeah. <laughs> nice. strange new worlds is my number two show nice nice i like that i like bringing that star trek element to it because you have gushed about this uh numerous times on the podcast so it's great to see it on your list at number two my number two is Andor. If you had told me at the start of the year that out of the two big 
the live action Star Wars shows that were coming out between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Andor, the Andor would be far and away my more favorite show. I would have called you crazy, sir. Crazy. But here we are. Like you said, game changer for the Star Wars universe and for what formatting inside of the Disney Plus can be for Star Wars. Excited for what it can bring. I'm going to elaborate more because you can hear, like Carlos said, all of our thoughts just a few episodes back. So Andor lands at number two. And here we are, Carlos. Are we going to have a unanimous number one for and just like that well, do, do you really want to do you really want to taste it Oh man, yeah. Peacemaker is definitely my number one, and uh, you know what? I got to gush about the Batman. So, Timbo, uh, I'll just build on what Sunny said. Like, yeah, it it was something special, something unexpected, and uh, kind of like with Andor, it was like, why are we having a show about this guy? And you see him in the movie, and he was cool, but then you see what his fate is in the movie, and it's like, well, really, is there a show to be? Uh, spun out of this thing and absolutely there was and it ended up being one of the best pieces of comic book media put to screen so just goes to show folks let creators create and judge it after the fact but timbo take us away man well and just to build on that of course peacemaker is at my number one as well so there we go unanimous across the board two dc shows or properties sitting at number one here in the nerd room on unanimous votes Woo. here or whatever you want to call these positions, favorites, if you will. But yeah, to build on that, Peacemaker, a show that coming out of James Gunn's camp, I was excited for. But it was a show that I said, eh, you know what? We're early part of 2022. We're finally getting out of the pandemic. Let, let's see what this has to bring. And holy shit, did <laughs> Peacemaker bring it. It's it, on the surface and on paper, you ask yourself the same question that you asked Andrew. Like, what? And the fact that they were able to immediately develop these characters to the point where they became endearing. Like Vigilante is like one of my favorite combo movie so characters good. on TV. He's so <laughs> good. And John Cena in this role, he was built for this role. And I had this, this epiphany the other day that The Rock and John Cena are in the same universe together, which oh, just man. kind of blew my brain that I'd never really put that those two pieces together. But John Cena, like, what? Come on, this guy was great <laughs> in the Suicide Squad, but excelled in this role as Peacemaker when he's given just a little bit more freedom and a little bit more screen time to suck things up here because he did fantastic. The story was bananas. It was bonkers. It had no reason being that good based on what they had written out, but it was developed in a way that it all just fit together. It had this weird kind of cosmic -y spin to it, and the characters, everything. Adebayo was amazing, having amanda waller in there it just it all worked massive cameos at the end of the series no spoilers <laughs> but holy moly um it, right. it just it just all worked and it's one of those shows that like you said carlos when you're giving people the freedom to create tv shows 
inside of these genre boxes when done right they can excel and or peacemaker are two of the examples the, the prime examples pedestal examples that everyone should be looking at about how these streaming services can create real quality inside of a genre that is wacky and absurd at times it, it just that's what peacemaker is to me it is it's a James Gunn vehicle that demonstrates that any character can be consumable by a mass audience and enjoyed and, and, and Peacemaker does it. That's why it's sitting at the top of all three of our lists. And Mm -hmm. in a year where DC properties, two of my three, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's, it's wild, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Well, well said, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, and honestly, the show literally starts in a hospital room and a trailer park and ends well with no spoilers but like in the most crazy place ever Mm -hmm. with cameos that nobody saw coming no (laughs) at all no bitter i still hate you for spoiling that because it blew my mind but uh did i spoil it no no not you just twitter (laughs) oh i was like i'm sorry i totally like I was like, I can't. Did I spell it? I was like, no, 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 no. Those. no, no. I'm talking about at the time, but um, yeah, it, it, what a journey and just a phenomenal character study, yeah, of all these guys, the all of the Eleven uh, Street kids, so to speak. Yeah, so so good. Do you do you think James Gunn regrets those cameos at this point in time, given last week's uh, last week's news and all this? No, because I, I, but I do think that he's going to build himself a backdoor. Yeah, of uh, course. Yes. Out of whatever he needs to, with I think the Flash. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll get into that in the coming weeks, guys. You're probably into January time about all that because uh, we have a policy here on letting things settle until James Gunn confirms them, <laughs> especially with the DCU. So there it is. There's our favorite comic book movies, films and TV shows of this year. So we're going to continue on and we're going to move into our favorite collectibles. And I know all of us have been adding a few pieces. We all have our niche spaces, but Sunny Man, let's talk about uh, our top five favorite collectibles purchased, hobby purchased, whatever it is that you are into. Um, It doesn't have to be toys or anything like that. I know know you sit in that that movie space, but let's uh, let's hear some of those. Well, like this thing, you know, is very hard to find. I was like hitting the pavement, calling stores, going online and just trying to get my hands on it. And that's children's Advil and Tylenol. <laughs> I hear you <laughs> <laughs> on that. Yeah, man. Literally, that shit is like it's like real. going on the hunt to find that. Like you got to like, wow, it's crazy. But uh, seriously, uh, my number five is do you know what I got back into was CDs. Um, nice. I, I know people have had like you know an affinity for um, records. You know they've had like a huge resurgence. Um, but like I never had records growing up, but I had CDs growing up, and um, I had like a pretty decent CD collection. I remember, but like where are they now? I have no idea. But um, yeah, so this year I would like hit up um, you know thrift stores or um, Goodwill stores or even like use movie stores and cds are super cheap now like i don't pay anything over five bucks a cd like and like that's rare like i think 99 percent of the cds i bought were a dollar or a max two dollars and um it's just awesome to like hear the sound quality 
and you know i know everything's like on streaming now but like sometimes you you know if you stream stuff like i'm talking about music here you only like listen to the hits you only mm-hmm. listen to the stuff that's like played on the radio and like you wouldn't like listen to other stuff that the artist puts out and i discovered so many like songs that i'm like i've never even heard the song before but it rocks and now i'm like i love this song like it's just so obscure but like and I, I had a blast collecting CDs and yeah. And like, like I said, it's super cheap and it's a great, you know, it's great to like have them kind of lined up and yeah. So I kind of, I kind of dig it. So I'm bringing back CDs. They're, they're cool again. Nice. I think so. Nice. Yeah. Love it, dude. Bringing back that retro, that physical media, if you will. Yeah, I did man. get into a little bit of that myself this year, but Carlos, what was, uh, what was uh, your, your, your number five here? Number five for me, ironically, was on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> but it has been my favorite purchase uh, in a long time, and that is my DC Universe Infinite uh, subscription at the Ultra level. So oh, yeah. when they launched the Ultra level uh, in Canada and the UK, uh, they did a bit of a promo, and for kind of i think it's like works out to eight or nine bucks a month uh for the foreseeable future because i guess i get the renewal price as well i get everything that dc comics has published uh 30 days after it's been released in stores and uh the vast majority of their back catalog like i i haven't looked for anything that i haven't been able to find um and that's like searching stuff from kind of 70s 80s like different series here and there uh in fact they just dumped a pile of the vertigo stuff on there but boys like i i can't even tell you how much i use this thing like nice i i had a bit of a long week and a couple late nights and early mornings and stuff and so sunday the girls were out and sat down on the couch and instead of just scrolling or watching shows like God, I probably read like three hundred dollars worth of comic books. Like it was, <laughs> well, it, it was unbelievable. And um, yeah, to have everything at your fingertips, and uh, you can curate uh, reading lists. And not only am I getting use out of it, but uh, put it on my daughter's tablet, and I think she's read like all of the Batgirl trades through New Fifty Two, and she's oh, into nice. the rebirth era and a bunch of the superman stuff and like that that subscription paid for itself probably within a month but um yeah when i signed up i kind of justified it as you know what i'm going to try and drop two physical books and not that i don't love going to my uh, lcs and not that i don't love physical books but it's like there does come a time where you have to cap your collection and Mm -hmm. uh that decision was very much reinforced uh helping the manager of my comic book shop uh move this weekend <laughs> but uh yeah the the dc universe infinite is an amazing service it's extremely inexpensive like i think the base level of it is pretty much the price of one of the the thicker books that they put out like the 32 pages so oh, I can. Yeah, you honestly can't lose, and I've used it so much. And it, it's also opened the door to reading stuff that you wouldn't normally read, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I crushed all of the Monkey Prince series 
and it's like this is a book that looked cool i like the talent behind it but with comic books kind of costing five bucks a pop and you know it, it adds up pretty quick right so it certainly does. What, yeah it wasn't a series i jumped on and i ended up reading this thing and just loving it and uh yeah, I, I've been reading all sorts of wacky stuff that I I had skipped, honestly, solely out of uh, the cost of it. And mm. uh, yeah, I have it there and I don't have a bunch of comic books piling up to get bagged and boarded and stored away. So yeah, I knew it was a lot when I got a text from Carlos this weekend being like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> dude. <laughs> Oh, that's great, man. You know, I had the the, the Marvel app for quite a couple of years there. I had recently um, canceled because I wasn't using it as much, but they're, they're great resources. And the fact that you're getting it kind of 30 days out, that's awesome. Because I think the Marvel one, I don't know if it's changed, but I think it was about six months mm-hmm. um, oh, wow. before you're getting kind of the new stuff. And so you, you're quite far behind by the time you're unless yeah you know you start a little late and all that and you can jump in different times but those those digital apps are are cool for for that reason getting back and back cataloging everything and um, having just re- recently moved myself i could appreciate having a sm- smaller collection and smaller amount of comic books and all that so very cool man very cool well, my number five is as you guys know as chronicled in the podcast i got really into retro collecting going back and buying things from my childhood or things that, that meant a lot for me. And uh, one of those things was I got really into Power of the Force collecting and having purchased a whole bunch of action figures and, you know, the Ronto and the Dewback, they found their ways in my home, two characters from that uh, special edition era of, of Star Wars creation. And I actually did a live stream um, with, I think, yourself, Carlos and Mike Tarkin about 10 months back or so. Um, where I opened a whole bunch of Power of the Force figures online, and we we kind of talked through the the history of Power of the Force and the you know changing from the orange card to the green card and getting into some of this this newer stuff and the fact that you can buy these figures still for like five to eight dollars. Um, it just made it so much more economic to do something that I loved and not having to pay forty fifty dollars for a black series anymore. And so going back and seeing such depth of these lines and and like I said, the accessibility and cost was was just right. And so, uh, yeah, Power of the Force makes the list for me in 2022. Yeah, man. And I've been around for you collecting a lot of stuff. And, like, that was one of the collections that you could tangibly sense and feel how much you were enjoying. Yeah, it, it was great. Like, because I could go every every week. I could go and, ah, I don't want to buy this, this $30, $40 figure. But I'll buy this $5 action figure and get as much love and joy out of it right and so it's uh that was a lot of fun going back and doing it. i get back into that now that i've moved and got a space set up to to get refocused on that but yeah part of the horse yeah. man, can't go wrong that was one of my favorite collecting uh, memories of this year too was driving and I look in the seat next to me and there's these freaking power of the force figures there and I was transported <laughs> back to the yeah. 90s buying <laughs> buying them for a buddy of mine because I never collected them but <sighs> I'd uh, much like now go on the hunt on behalf of somebody else and I was like oh here it is. As old as new again. It truly is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sonny, number four. Keeping with that same vibe and like talking about the 90s and what's old as new again is um, besides CDs, I got back into collecting VHS tapes. Nice. Wow. Wicked. I love it. Yeah. That. Right? Oh, man. VHS is just something so cool. Like they look super cool with like the jackets yes. on it. And oh, you line them up and you get that like home video or that like video store vibe, like way better than like. You know, as much as I love my 4Ks, it's like Blockbuster never had a 4K, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But they had lots of VHS 
and there's just like something like tangible about like holding it and being like you know like as i mentioned scream the first time i watched scream one of my all-time favorite movies was on a vhs right like I, i couldn't go in the theater the dvd wasn't out yet it was on vhs and man they just they look super cool and mm-hmm. I love just like going out and, and as it's super cheap, like yeah. I don't pay anything over a dollar for them. Although there is a store in Airdrie that's like charging, you know, huge prices for these VHSs. Like there's this one that was like, I went to pay cause I thought it was like three for like five bucks. And then she's like, Oh, that's like 20 bucks. And I was like, what for a VHS? <laughs> she's like, it's factory wrapped. I'm like, I guess. And it still had like the Eaton sticker on for like how much the parts <laughs> must Eaton to give you an idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah, man. It's such a good... Uh, all the Canadians that watch this laughed at that Eaton. But <laughs> no. uh, yeah, man. It's just cool. And I've picked up like a bunch. I can look behind my shoulder here and like like Total Recall, Top Gun, It's Titanic. Star Wars trilogy I see there, isn't it? Yeah, Star Wars trilogy. And then there's another Star Wars trilogy. And of course the Titanic one and like... All the double, you know, the of- double cassette, right? Yeah, man. And uh, Lord of the Rings and uh, Hook and Scream oh, and Ring and Matrix and um, Alien and just like Conan and Indiana Jones. Just like, you know, let's just like go back and it's just like you're being transported uh, back into the time when you were a kid and that's the first time you saw it. Or maybe you didn't even see the film, right? Like, I remember there's some films where I didn't even see, uh, like Halloween 3, for example. I couldn't watch it. I was a kid, you know, um, that's a horror movie. And the, the cover, the VHS cover, like scared the crap out of me. Just seeing like the like the kids on like the hill and then there's like the orange moon in the background or like Jason goes to hell with like Jason the hockey mask and like a worm coming out of its eye and the flames. And, you know, like the, the VHS cover art is partly why like I'm into horror and, and like movies, but like specifically horror because like they put so much time and like, effort into them and they did such an amazing job and just going back and like reliving those days and like seeing like them and as i mentioned super cheap like you know paying a buck a buck for them but you know that dollar what am i gonna do with a dollar in today's day and age right like you can't even buy a liter of gas for a dollar anymore so uh, (laughs) you can you can get a vhs and enjoy that little dopamine hit in your brain of like the nostalgia that that hits you with it so good man vh i got into that too laser discs also oh my fun. god! I got to get into Laserdisc. You, you have Laserdisc? I got two. I got the, the two Jurassic Park releases. Oh my god! Man, that's and they're like super easy to find, and they're super dirt cheap too. I've never even held oh, one really? before my whole life. <laughs> up until did this you get year. North America release or a Japanese one? Because they're uh, pretty they're, big in Japan. Yeah, they're both North America releases. One's like a widescreen, and one's the was the normal like four three or whatever it is. That's um, amazing, man. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, like VHS two is another another one that that. I got into as well this year a little bit and it's they're great accents to two collections too like they just mm-hmm. fit so well i don't know if you can see behind me i've got like the ninja turtles one oh let's see amongst, oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah that's yeah. so cool yeah it's the really cool piece oh i love that man i love love going back and, and hitting those and yeah vhs so good you'll you'll hate what i did with all my dvds and blu-rays i did the uh the old carlos where i put them into a, a binder and chucked all the cases oh. <laughs> Somebody please call 911. I think I'm having a heart attack. Man, I had bins and bins and bins, and I got it down as I was moving to this like little. You could sell those, man. Like oh, just slipcovers alone. The slipcovers alone. Some of them go for like 40, 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Just for it's now in our uh, recycling facilities. <laughs> <laughs> on the plus side, they're so behind on processing that recycling. If go find you're it. a collector, 
head down to somewhere, <laughs> yeah. just in a pile somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Carlos, you're number four. Number four for me, man. Honestly, these things just brought such joy to my heart and made my nostalgia sing the second I saw them swinging from the pegs. I was instantly six years old again. The McFarlane DC Superpowers line. Like, those cards and that artwork, and he's got this perfect blend of kind of the modern and uh, the classic look of them. And I like ones like Superman a little bit more because it's the exact uh, recreation of the old cards. But uh, ones like having the Batman who laughs on a superpowers card are just neat too. So So uh, that and uh, the fact that he made vehicles is awesome. And with the hand-drawn pictures of the vehicles (laughs) on the front covers and whatnot. Yeah, it's just, it's so fun. And it's like, I've been trying to narrow my focus with the collecting, but it's been funny to watch me kind of force my daughter to have some of these. It's like, you like Superman. You need the supermobile. No, I don't want the supermobile. Yes, you do. Here it is. <laughs> I opened it already and I've been playing with it, but <laughs> so cheap too. So cheap. Oh yeah. Like the end the yeah, the figures are a song like 10 to 15 bucks for a great looking figure and a nice uh, nostalgia hit. You can't go wrong. So that the the superpowers line. Hope this thing goes forever. The next up is the three Ds. The Deathstroke, Diana, and Dick Grayson. So nice. Yeah, that'll be cool to get nice. like a character like Nightwing on that old card for the first time. Awesome, man. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, coming in at number four for me is we're going back to the Marvel Legends, but I had made a commitment to myself that I was going to collect only the Infinity Saga, which meant that I had to go back and collect a whole bunch of figures that I missed. And one whole, I don't know how many people will actually appreciate this without a visual, but there was a Marvel Legends four pack release as an Amazon exclusive for Age of Ultron. It had Thor, the only Bruce Banner, Mark Ruffalo Bruce Banner figure ever made, as well as a Black Widow and a Hawkeye figure. All very hard to come by. I managed to make a deal for, I think it was about 15 Marvel Legends that included some other figures I was missing, but those four were in it and complete, which was a giant check mark for me inside of that Marvel Legends. And I got them for a pretty reasonable deal. It was one of those deals that I walked away from the table on and then went back to and renegotiated and ended up getting uh, quite, quite, a, quite a list of characters. But those four in there in particular were ones I really needed to tick off to, to really not complete, but some of the harder figures to get. So I was happy to put that in the collection. And that was before Marvel Legends and everything became ungodly expensive so it was nice to to get my hands on some of those more rare figures uh you know prior to me really cooling off on the legends for a while and that six inch scale to be honest with you so number four for me is uh it's a little marvel legend marvel legends i believe is a kijiji hall ended up with uh getting it was because i remember you getting those because i i was tipping some drinks when uh you started telling me about this and then uh, when you consummated the deal, I was replying to you with a massive hangover. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Nice>. hilarious. <laughs> that you remember that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Epic. Oh, wicked. All right, Sonny, bring us around here, middle of the list, number three. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. Like, you know, talking about VHS and whatnot. But uh, for me, you know, 4K all the way, it's the only way I 
really want to watch like new movies or old movies is on 4k and uh ghostbusters came out with Whoa. a special set with like the uh it's not the proton pack but it's like the thing that the you trap the ghost the trap yeah yeah, we'll say that. And uh, so it had Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife, all on 4K. And it comes with nice slip covers. It comes with a little book, like talking about making Ghostbusters somewhere over here. And um, what I did was I took the book out and I threw in Ghostbusters, the third one. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Is it just called Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. Answer the call. Answer the call. Yeah, Ghostbusters answer the call. So I threw that in. So now the set has all four of them, all on 4K. And uh, man, it just looks beautiful on the shelf. It's got the ghost on the front. And man, I, I love this set. And um, I even like to, I took a picture of it and then I threw it up on Twitter. And the director of Ghostbusters, uh, make the call, or making the call, Paul Feig, he actually liked my, my tweet because he was like annoyed that he's like, well, where's my film in this? And I kind of agree. But uh, yeah, man, all all four films are in 4K and they're in one nice, beautiful box set. And uh, got a chance to rewatch uh, Ghostbusters 2 on 4K and Ghostbusters Afterlife on Afterlife, 4K. Man. What an experience. Uh, right? And like seeing it filmed in Drumheller and in and around. And the Walmart that I go to all the time is like, oh, shoot, like there's there's you know paul rudd in that walmart and funny story about that i guess there's like an urban legend or rumor that like in between takes he would sign the like ant-man figures that were at that walmart and he really? would like leave little notes yeah it's like an urban legend around the deerfoot walmart if you're ever there in calgary <laughs> that's cool like people do like the actors have started to really loving it here because people are pretty low key and i know like yeah andrew garfield just started going to the rec center and stuff because he's like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people recognize me but they don't go crazy and bug me and whatnot and yeah like, yeah my kids friends have seen pedro pascal like just floating down the river and stuff like it's that. like we're hollywood north like is calgary is like the hot place to film right now well Hopefully we, it stays that way we're pretty close to everything right like if you want urban landscape we 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 do have a big modern city but if you want badlands we've got that prairies desert in the south as well yeah desert yeah yeah. right like we got it all and uh, we got ghostbusters and hopefully we get the sequel coming back to shoot yes and uh we had superman was filmed here right like the original superman christopher reeves was filmed here so superman 3 superman 3 yes yeah (laughs) yeah i uh i'll have a cool story about that in a bit but uh yeah if you if you want like cool Calgary and surrounding areas landscape, pray like the Predator oh, movie. You, again, not a physical release, so it's only stuck on Disney Plus. Like, come on, I really want to see that movie, and it's tempting me to get Disney Plus. So, like, if anyone wants to shout out your, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'll get a free trial or something and check it out. But yeah, the movie is great, but it's it's cool. Like, you'll see a ton of the the local scenery and like. Uh, just some of those vistas that you kind of spot off the highway and stuff like that because you could tell they're just like look we just need a wide shot we don't want to carry our crap all the way yeah (laughs) down the field so we can just go to this photo spot and just shoot this off really quick yeah the last of us as well was shot here i actually was selling a bunch of stuff when i was moving or as i moved and a guy came to my my new house and he had a last of us uh shirt on and i had a long conversation with him he turned out to be a crew that goes around and buys stuff to outfit different sets and they were outfitting a new set for 
some rodeo show that's coming out. Um, and he bought a coffee table and two side tables off of me that we were selling. And uh, he had a long conversation about the production of Last of Us and how much fun they had and how cool it was. And so, yeah, it's like it's really happened. You guys might think that we live too far north, but stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember going to a Flames game and in between the alleys downtown, I was like, what happened here? It looks like the apocalypse and there's like a school bus and like yeah. it looked like the end of the world. And I was like, oh, it's the Last of Us filming. Yeah. Cool. Well, and funny story with that. So that parking lot, it's my the parking lot to my wife's building and my kid had been running around all over the city <laughs> trying to find Pedro Pascal, like going to Northland mall. Cause they shot a bunch of the last of us mall stuff in there and whatnot oh and got kicked out by security. And then my wife's like, Hey, and she just kind of does the FaceTime out the window and there's good old Pedro milling a boat <laughs> like, <laughs> eight feet away kind of thing. Amazing. Getting ready to shoot some stuff. Yeah. That's unreal. Amanda. What you got to do is just carry a pizza box because no one will stop you. And then you can go into the set, right? Because people are like, oh, shit, this guy's got pizza. And then it works. Sanjay lives in a, in a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Or coffee. People that work in movies like coffee, I heard. Or beer. Coffee That's true. Beer. That's true. Amongst a lot of people. But let's let's wrap this list up, guys. Here, Carlos, number three. And then we'll uh, we'll kind of rock through number number one and two. Yeah, number three for me was something that uh, was a bit of a repeat purchase. If you've listened to the show at all, you kind of figured that it would be. But uh, when they actually trotted it out, it blew me away with what the final product was. And that was Michael Jackson's Thriller mm. 40. And Ooh. this thing arrives. It's in a beautiful slipcover case where they perfectly like, that's just such an iconic album, like the greatest selling album of all time. Can't mess with it too much. So they put it in like this shiny slip case with the 40 with the zero, just kind of showcasing him. You pull it out. The quality of the pressings is incredible. And that second disc um, had so many gems and treats. And I actually have like quite a few unreleased and demo tracks and stuff like that. And the, uh, in the back computer, but uh, to hear them remastered and put forth in the best available quality. And we all own Thriller, but like I'm telling you right now, this thing is worth buying for the uh, long version of Billy Jean alone. Like just oh, really? a, a little bit of who's and haws at the end of that thing. Like, oh, <laughs> just, just awesome. And like, you couldn't have asked them to do a better job. And um, the, the booklet is great, like a, lot of rare gems and they did the the perfect job of balancing um this iconic album but giving people something new instead of just you know slapping a sticker on it with the the 40th anniversary <laughs> thing and selling it to you again so yeah thriller 40 was a pleasant surprise in all regards and uh yeah i love it oh, shimon there you go. Like <laughs> what? What a set of collectibles and nostalgia and everything that we're getting across the board here. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring in a nostalgia moment here, Carlos. I don't know if you, if you remember this. I, I think you were with me up at Snap Collectibles. I walked in with a whole bunch of things I wanted to trade, and I fell in love with this, this Star Wars clock. <laughs> I don't oh, know if you remember nice. this or not. It, it's so yeah, 1977. This came out, and it's R2D2 and C3PO on this just kind of like beigey i've never seen this before it's it's got a wonderful like raised text on it and it just something about it just struck me the vintage look to it 
I've never wound it up again. It does work. Dave had it all wound up for me up at Snap Collectibles, but it was just such a piece. And I went up there in trying to get like Marvel Legends or Black Series or something. And I ended up trading all the stuff for this one specific clock. And it proudly sits in my collection. And it's one of those things that that's why I love going and seeing something in a store is that I would have never have found this. Like maybe you stumble across it online or whatever, but seeing a video or something, but something like this, it just, it just spoke to the era for me. And given that I've kind of got really back into this nostalgia piece collecting it, I just instantly had to have it. And so I pulled the trigger on it and it comes in as a, as my, my mid as this, this beautiful, just alarm clock. Go figure, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So cool. So cool. So let's, uh, let's bring this home guys. We got two left on the list. Let's rock right. one and two in one go here. Um, so we can wrap this one up here. So Sanjay, give me your number one and your, or number two and your number one. Okay, my number two is poo, and my number one is pee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Young children. I get it. Uh, <laughs> how do I how do I come back from that? Um, oh my god. Hopefully, there's still people listening. Uh, my number two is Scream Factory released 4K. So Scream Factory is a company that deals mostly in horror films, um, some thrillers and stuff like that, and um, they put out. You know, this is the first year that they actually like put out lot more 4ks they had been slowly building up but now they've been going back and putting out films in 4k that i was like i can't believe they're doing it like child's play 3 has a 4k um child's play 2 child's play 1 and then um they put the release this halloween box set that had halloween uh 6 7 and 8 in it in 4k and it, it looks terrific it was only in the states so i had to ship it to canada but it looks terrific um and my number one is um I've kind of been a little bit old school. So um, in 4Ks, they've been releasing older movies as well, uh, black and white movies, and they look absolutely fantastic on it. And one of the sets I got was the Universal Monster set with oh, the original, nice. yeah, Dracula, Frankenstein, cool. Invisible Man, and the Wolfman. And, you know, I kind of like poo-pooed those films because I'm like, you know, they're not scary. Like, I'm a... I'm a modern horror guy. Like, what? Why would I watch this? But man, was I ever wrong? These films, well, may not be the scariest films. Although I will argue, Frankenstein is that that film scared me. Um, but they look tremendous. The sets are awesome, and so much of horror is built from those mm -hmm. four films, right? Like, they're kind of like the OGs. Like reading like the first issue of Superman, for example. It, it, it's or Action Comics. You know, it's it's crazy and. Uh, yeah, and like not even that, but like Casablanca, watching that in 4K for the first time was such a cool experience. I love that film or the original Cat People. So, you know, because of this, and you know, if they'd never released it on 4K, I never would have gave it a watch because I just would never have like thought to pick it up. But it's like, oh, brand new 80th anniversary edition, or you know, check it out on 4K. And that that's my number one. It's just going back and watching these like vintage films for the first time in like 4k and and they look terrific like you know i never saw them on dvd or blu-ray they were given the time of day because i was too dumb and now i look back and like man i couldn't be more wrong check out these films you know they're timeless they're 80 you know some of them are 80 90 years old and they still are so good and i can't wait to consume more uh vintage films awesome man i love the the amount of films that you got on there, you're, you're a true connoisseur <laughs> in the space and you, you hit the spectrum from, uh, 
from VHS all the way through to uh, 4K and then going back and, and digging deep into the archives of film history too. So that's that's awesome, man. I love that. Thanks, that's man. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Carlos, number one and number two for you. Well, number two for me is the Batman prints from Bottleneck Gallery. Oh, yeah. I, I just kind of lumped them all together, but uh, out of the ones they put out, like I bought three of them and they're all just four of them. Yeah. Four, sorry, but, <laughs> and, I, and I meant to cut down completely this year, but they're all just gorgeous, and the artists all really uh, impl- applied a ton of creativity into how they approach them. So, despite them all coming from the same movie, they're all very, very different. And like the simplest one I have is just um, a print version of the teaser poster mm-hmm. and the most complicated one I have is uh one I sent Tim a picture of and it they actually had like a cipher printed on the back of the print. You yeah. can't oh, see it so when cool. it's up in the frame, but yeah, it had like the Riddler cipher and stuff like that on there. And I was able to land a unmasked variant of uh the most recent release. So yeah, bottleneck gallery like just crushed it with uh, the artists that they commissioned and the prints that they put out for the Batman. But number one for me, like if you saw our toy stream live, there's uh, no mystery, but it's got to be my prime one studios, Mm -hmm. Jason Fabok, Batman statue. Like so good. I come down here every day and every day I'm just uh, a bit giddy and uh need to pinch myself that i actually own this thing because it's just the perfect piece for me of batman memorabilia and like i'm a lifelong statue collector but i think that that might be the one that caps off the collection for me um i found uh, since yeah since it's come into my life it's like yeah and that's kind of how i approach the purchase like it's not cheap and uh i had to uh do a little bit of sweet talking to my mom to store the boxes because <laughs> they're insane, <laughs> truly insane. But uh, yeah, uh, it's a wonderful piece. There's pictures of it on uh, my Twitter. And like I said, on our toy stream live, Tim did a great job showcasing that. So um, yeah, that prime one Fabok Batman is something I'm blessed to own. Oh yeah, man. So cool. So cool. I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, I have seen it in person. I think. I can't remember yeah i, I think yeah. so yeah it's big it's big it's something else <laughs> yeah. it's 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 you know when you're calling it a maybe a potentially a, a capper what a way to go out man what a way to go out <laughs> on that thing so woo, woo. all right man we're gonna bring us home here with a one-two punch that fall in the same franchise and remember back late part of 2021 early part of 2022 there's some youtube videos that are actually chronicling this but me picking up the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Technodrome is number two, and Ooh. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Sewer Lair set. Ooh, nice. um, two classics, nice. two sets I never had as a kid, but lusted after for almost my entire life. And I made these almost back-to-back purchases of these two huge centerpieces and now my my retro collection, my vintage collection. And they're bigger than I remember. They're more detailed than I remember. And they weren't the cheapest things in the world, but they weren't terrible. And I got the box actually with the sewer set too, and the no instruction way. manuals. Yeah. So it was it was it was such a a cool part of the year that I've kind of 
in my brain it was in 2021, but it was in kind of like April, March of, of this year that I picked those up. Um, one was up at Snap Collectibles, our friend Dave up north in Airdrie. And then one was a, a Kijiji or a Facebook Marketplace find. And uh, one of the things that I've grown to love inside of the collecting space is actually taking older things that are beat up and look kind of crappy and going in and fixing them up, washing them, using the magic erase q-tips become the best friend um and just clean these things up and they look completely different on the other side you know you look at a toy like that and be like ah it's in rough shape but when you actually start scrubbing away you can get rid of most of the scuffs you know the played with stuff and you know these things look like pristine on my shelves now and uh yeah getting back into that and those those two pieces i tell you you know outside of the um the turtle van of course which i don't have yet and the Ecto one and the firehouse, like those are the two of my holy grails, to be honest with you in that line. And so landing those inside of this year was, was truly something that I'll, I'll never forget. Although I didn't remember it was in this year. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is guys. There is all of our favorites for this year. It's been, been quite a year and you can see that we've all experienced it quite differently, which I love. And, you know, the, the passion resides inside of oneself. And that's why we were very specific about this being our favorite. It's not about the best. Yours is better than mine or any of that crap. This is about what you enjoy. And that's something we want you guys to take away here as we kind of cap off this year in podcasting is enjoy nerd for what it is. Enjoy. And that that's really for you. You know, you can like whatever you, you can like Thor, Love and Thunder. You know what I mean? You can do whatever you want. It's all about what you enjoy and what you take away from it. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't enjoy that fun stuff. So that that's the message I'm going to leave this on. Guys, is there anything else you want to say before we sign off for the year here inside of the Nerd Room? No, i just like to say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and the best of the holiday season to everyone out there and your families. Like, I appreciate uh, those of you that tune in every week to listen to Tim and I and whatever guests we have yammer on about uh, whatever it may be. And uh, you know, the Twitter followers, I appreciate you too. Even the bots. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, the community we have here is awesome. And I hope you guys all have a blessed holiday season and a happy new year. And we will catch you in January with cool stuff. We'll hit you with lots of cool stuff because there's nothing happening on the movie screens until February. <laughs> Tis true. <laughs> Sunny yeah. man, final thoughts. I think this, I can't remember um, if, you, if this is your only podcast this year. On the it next is going out with a bang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Well, thanks for, you know, inviting me back on. It was a blast. It was like sitting in like, uh, you talk about nostalgia trips. It's like sitting in a warm chair. So, you know, we'll have to, do this again in 2023 and uh yeah all the best to you and your families and for everyone listening and for everyone not listening all the worst no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um no uh just nothing but peace and love and happiness and all that good stuff and uh i you know 2022 is an excellent year for nerd and uh for collecting and 2023 you know, it's going to be even bigger and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to, uh, see what the future holds and, uh, yeah, keep up the good work and, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's Sanjay, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just what I am. Yeah. Like, like, like the guys said, you know, echo those sentiments about, uh, happy holidays to everyone and hope everyone, you know, 
be safe. You know, we've had a rough couple of years and we hope that these shows can take the edge off a little bit here and there. And, um, you know, we're always looking to provide that positive spin. We're going to continue to do that into 2023. As Carlos mentioned, this is our last numbered episode for the year. There might be a live stream. There might be a YouTube video in here or there. There might be some bonus content. Who knows how excited we're going to get or how much we're going to miss the microphones. But the last numbered episode for the year is this one, our, our favorites of 2022. And if you'd like to tell us your favorites, you can always email us to the nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe there. We're continuing to grow that. We've got a video dropping, hopefully, uh, by the end of the week on uh, on something that I hold near and dear, and that's Marvel Legends. And just uh, some, uh, some look forward into 2023. So make sure to check that out. And our handles, our Twitter handles, I should say, are at the end of the episode, including... Sunjays, so they're Ooh, all there. I'm back. Yes, you are back. You know, you're you you never left there. Actually, I just have never edited that. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all that being said, for the nerd room, I'm Tim. I'm Batman, and I'm Sanjay. And thank you guys so much for entering the nerd room in 2022. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at the Nerd RM, Troy the Boy 87, Sanjabi and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.